And it is uh, it's great to be with you tonight uh, here on a Father's Day evening. I uh, hope you've had a great day. Um, if, you, uh, if you don't know me, my name's, my name's Dean. It's great having you here tonight. And if you're feeling like a little underdressed, uh, some of you may be feeling underdressed, like, oh, I didn't realize this was kind of a shirt and tie kind of night. Um, and, you know, so I, I want you to know, we're, you know what, you can kind of wear whatever you like here. You know, obviously I get a little bit more dressed up. I like to wear a tie. That's just the way I roll. But, um, no, actually this is, of course, uh, the, the gift, the, the Father's Day gift for my son. Uh, he turned 28 this year, and he made this <laughs> for me. He just still thinks of his dad. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you weren't laughing, I'm kind of sad because that means you thought, yeah, you could have a 28-year-old son. No, it uh, kind of hurts, really, but that's all right. No, just kidding. This is from my son, Levi. He's five, and he made this for me, and he made it at school, and, uh, and he wanted you to know that, so I've told you. And uh, it was important to him, and, and, and I thought it'd be, you know, it's kind of it's fun to wear. Father's Day, you know, a, a day like this is, is all about these gifts. Uh, that you often get. If, if your father's still alive, you might have got him something today if you got a connection, relationship there. And Father's Day is a lot about giving gifts to our dads just to kind of thank them. And what I want to talk about tonight and, and this Father's Day is actually a, a bit of the verse. I'm going to take this off so that you feel like you can take me seriously and not just stare at it all night going, wow, that kid's five? He didn't color outside the lines? Wow. I know. He's obviously talented. Um, and uh, uh, but but I, what I want to talk to you about is actually a gift that fathers give. So, you know, Father's Day is often about the gifts given to fathers. I want to talk to you tonight about actually uh, the greatest, one of the greatest gifts uh, that a father can give. And we're going to talk about this gift that, that fathers have a unique capacity to give. Uh, but it's actually a gift that, that whether you're a, a father and you have your own children or, or whether you're uh, the, the other group I want to talk to tonight especially are just our men. If you're 18 or older, you're a man. And if you, uh, you, yeah, that's it. You're excited. Somebody turned 18 last week. Like, yes, I am. I know, it's good. Consider yourself rite of passage. It's, uh, you are, you are, you know, if you are, uh, you actually, as, as, as men, we are, we have, you may not have your own kids that may not have had them yet. You may not choose to have them. You may not, for whatever circumstances, may have been difficulties, whatever. Um, but if you don't have your own kids, you still have an opportunity to actually give this gift as only men kind of uniquely can in some ways as a father figure. Because even if you have kids, you actually as a man have a possibility of being a father figure. And in fact, I think the world is in need of a lot more father figures. Uh, whether you have your own kids or not, the world needs father figures, men who will represent the Heavenly Father well. And so this is a gift that I want to speak to those two groups especially because today is Father's Day. Uh, but the other group that actually is good to hear this is the people I like to call everybody. Um, and everybody, this is actually a gift uh, we're talking about uniquely through the lens of fathers. And there's something really unique in that that I think we can't underestimate. But this is actually going to be a gift that every person, you have a capacity to give this. If you have relationships in your life, you have a capacity to give this gift. And the gift we're going to talk about is the gift of blessing. The gift of blessing. And blessing is, uh, and I'm going to be drawing off a, a book called The Blessing. So and it's by this guy's Gary Smalley and John Trent. If you're kind of piqued your interest by any of this tonight, and you sort of think, man, I want to really just dive more in this. I want to really take this on in my life. It's a great book to get, great book to get. Um, and blessing is kind of a big deal uh, in the Bible. 
Blessing's a big deal. And, and, and blessing, most of us, we hear the word blessing, we think, you know, I, I somehow know this is a, a good thing. Blessing is good. Uh, we, can, uh, we know that much, and we use it in all kinds of different ways. And there's probably a few different ways it's used in the Bible. But uh, the thing that we need to understand is the Bible, blessing is a big deal. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, the Old Testament, Moses is coming to the end of his life. He's been leading the people of Israel for 40 years through the wilderness. He's going to transition out of his role, pass it on to Joshua. And in kind of his final speech, he's kind of like, hey, we've been through a lot together, people, and here's all the things I think God wants to say to you. He kind of starts to wrap it up with this, this famous moment where he just speaks out to the crowd, and he says, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm setting two choices. God is saying, I set before you these kind of two paths in life, blessing or curse, life or death. And he says, choose life, choose blessing." You know, and, and so in the Bible, this is about a whole kind of way of life. And what God wants for us is to be people who walk under blessing and live in blessing. And what God wants for us, if you're a, a kingdom person, if you're a Jesus follower, what God wants for you is to be a person who both walks in blessing and what we're going to really be talking about tonight, a person who gives and dispenses blessing. As kingdom people, we have an opportunity, not just an opportunity, actually a calling, I believe, to be people who give out generously blessing. Like we carry it, we bring it into the world, and, and we give it out and we pass it on to the people around us. Now, what, what exactly are we talking about when we talk about uh, blessing? Uh, we're we're going to kind of dive into that tonight, but I think one of the things that, that we see even in, in that passage where you know, Moses talks about choosing blessing, you know, and, uh, blessing is all about life. And it's all about giving life. Uh, when, it, when it says choose, ble there's blessing and there's curse. Curse, in, in the, the Hebrew kind of world in the Old Testament, cursed, to be cursed was to be without water. And so it kind of its most literal sense, to be cursed was to be completely cut off for water. Because curse meant death. And in, when you're living in the ancient Near East, in the wilderness, in the desert areas, to be cut off from water is death. Whereas blessing meant life. And so there's these, so blessing is all about, it's about life, and it's about bringing life where we go. And so we're going to look tonight uh, at this idea of blessing and what it means to be people who are, are givers of blessing, who bring blessing and, and, and give it into one another's lives. So to get our picture, uh, we are going to be looking uh, so if you're still a little bit like, I'm just still, uh, yeah, I'm not sure about this. I, I, we're going we're gonna to really wrap our minds around this whole idea of what blessing is and what it looks like to give it. We're going to be wrapping our minds around that tonight. And so to do that, uh, we're going to go to uh, Genesis 27, and we are going to get a, a picture of it. We're going to look at uh, a moment where a father is blessing his son. And this is a story of a father named Isaac, and he is going to bless one of his sons. He's on his deathbed. He's at the end of his life. He has two sons who are twins. They're about 40 years old at this point, and he is going to bless them. Now, the funny thing about this story is uh, one of the sons, Jacob, tricks his father into thinking he's the other son, Esau, in order to steal this blessing. So here's the thing about blessing. What you got to realize as well is blessing is actually a powerful thing. It's so powerful that one son would, would go through a whole lot of work to try and steal this blessing for himself because it was so significant. The other son, Esau, when he finds out that his blessing 
has been stolen just after the blessing takes place. He is so devastated. The Bible tells us like he started to weep and cry out bitterly. He's like just cut that he missed out on this blessing. It actually just almost just shatters the guy. And, and so what you got to realize is blessing. When we talk about this gift and say this is a gift that we can be givers of. This is, we're talking about something really powerful here. And I want you to realize that because it, it means if we really figure this one out and how to be people who give blessing, uh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So we're going to look at a, a picture of blessing, Genesis 27. Verse 27, blessing in action. Uh, it says this. Uh, we'll start in verse 26, actually. Genesis 27, 26. Then his father Isaac said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness and abundance of grain and wine and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. Now, we might read this and we're like, okay, so Dean, you said this was going to be, uh, you know, a really, you know, a powerful thing. And you're like, okay, he, he, he brings him close. He's going to speak some of these words. What is such a big deal about these verses we've just read? Why is this such a big deal? Why is it such a big deal that one son would steal and, and lie to try and get it and one son would be shattered that he missed out on it? Why is this, uh, why is this such a big deal? Now, to be clear, just so you understand as well, what was happening here, uh, this wasn't about, you know, a transference of property and material things and inheritance. Uh, Esau, the brother who lost out on this, had already sold off his birthright and his rights to the lion's share of the inheritance. He already gotten rid of that. This wasn't about uh, what, what you were going to kind of get in the material sense. This was all about this moment of blessing that we just saw. And what you see happening here is, the power of what blessing is all about. You see, blessing, if we're really going to kind of sharpen ourselves a little bit on what blessing was all about in this context, uh, it's sometimes kind of helpful in Hebrew. It's very concrete language. So most words have a really uh, kind of concrete origin uh, that they came from something very. Their word for blessing is actually the same word they have to kneel or to bow. And so in our culture, we don't bow or kneel that much. We actually, we made it part of our staff culture here on the staff team. When we greet each other on uh, Monday, we bow to each other. It's kind of, hey, how are you? know, good morning. You know, I say, hey, Michelle, how are you? It's good to see you. You know, it's just kind of a, you know, we don't bow a lot in our culture. And because, you know, it's kind of, we might think, oh, it's a bow that sort of like has to do with like, you know, you who dominates who. For them to bow was simply to honor someone and value them. And so if you, you would bow most commonly before kings and queens and royalty, and, and that's a way of saying, wow, you are someone of such great value, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to kneel uh, in front of you. Uh, it's why we sing, bless the Lord, O my soul. It's a way of saying, God, you are so valuable. You are worthy of me kneeling before you. Uh, so this is blessing, really, it carries with it this idea of it is to value someone. It is to value someone. 
And there's another word that kind of goes along with blessing in, in the Hebrew and other kind of angle on it, which is kind of the idea of honoring. And to honor someone, uh, you, to honor, to bless, these things kind of are all wrapped up, you know, in this, this concept of blessing. Um, and, and so it's why even to today, sometimes we might say if we gave someone something, we were honoring them or we were blessing them. Um, I'm going to bless you with this. To where this word comes from, that honor kind of comes from, is it, it has to do with the idea of adding weight to a scale. So in their culture, uh, I, I think I almost hear some coins. Do I hear coins jingling? It sounds like somebody, maybe they're in someone's pocket. You think of coins, and our coins... Uh, our silver coins, they have a little number on them that's worth 10 cents, 50 cents, 5 cents. You know, in their culture, they had silver coins. It might add a picture and inscription, but they didn't have like a, a 50 cent piece. The value of each coin was determined uh, by how much it weighed. So some coins were, were, were bigger than others. And so if they were going to say, hey, here, I've got all these coins. How much is it worth? You'd stick it on a scale. And to honor was to add more coins or more weight to that scale. That was to honor. So to honor someone is to add value. It literally means to add weight, to add weight. And so to bless, the whole idea of blessing in their culture wraps up in this whole idea of it means to value someone and then to say I'm going to add value to your life. I'm going to add weight to your life. And so we're going to look at how do we do that just the way we see Isaac do it here. How do we value the people around us and add value to their lives? And the reality is it's, it, it is as simple as through uh, the power of this thing called blessing someone is what we see here. And Isaac, we're seeing a man on his deathbed with his 40-year-old son. And there's a bit of a transference here. And this is one of those momentous moments of life. You know, life's filled with like big turning point moments, you know, turning 18, uh, getting married, having a child on your death, all these things. Are, and those are moments for blessing much like this. But I, what I want you to get is that actually every day in our lives and in every relationship, we're constantly presented with opportunities to be people who bring blessing. So if we want to be a giver of blessing, if you want to be a giver of blessing, and if we want to be a bunch of people out there who are extending God's blessing into the world, how do we do that? Let's have a closer look at uh, what Isaac does here. And I'm going to give you four elements, four elements of blessing, four things that if we're going to bless people the way we see it happening here, this kind of biblical blessing, uh, these are things that, that need to be in place. First thing you see that's a part of blessing is meaningful an appropriate touch. Meaningful and appropriate touch. If you want to be a giver of blessing, it, it kind of begins with meaningful touch. Do you notice the first thing Isaac does is he says to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. Come here, my son, and kiss me. When he says these words, come here, this is actually the words in, in their language, same words they would use of when two battles, came, when two armies in a battle came together. Like you picture kind of Lord of the Rings, you know, when all the, the army people of whatever, you know, variety of being they are, they all come together in these battles, and they get all mixed up, and you kind of can't even tell one from another. It's that kind of word of armies coming together like that. He says, come here. This is not like, hey, come sit, you know, a couple feet away, and we'll be comfortable in each other's presence. This is like an, a man giving a bear hug to his son. Come close. Come here. Give me a kiss. This is, uh, there, there is... Something really powerful about 
touch. You know, you can read all kinds of things about touch. The world nowadays is filled with kind of studies about how important touch is for human beings. And not just for little children, but right up until our, our dying day. We're actually kind of hardwired up to be people who need touch in our lives. It's part of, I think, how God's wired us for community. And to bless someone, if you are going to value someone and you are going to add value to their life, can I tell you, it's difficult to value someone from a distance. And so when moments come to bless someone, there's always meaningful and appropriate touch. Do you know, this one, it, it, it seems like a small thing, but it's actually kind of a big thing. And we, and I speak especially to men who may be fathers, you know, here tonight. Uh, it's really helpful, I think, to remember we live in a culture that doesn't value touch a lot or maybe isn't comfortable as a better way of putting it, especially for, uh, for men. And, and we're comfortable maybe when the kids are small and, and it's easy, but touch doesn't, isn't a need that kind of goes away once kids get, you know, up into upper primary school. Touch is a, a human need. And it's something we have to pass on. And, and I think we have to be realistic about the fact that it doesn't always come natural. So if we're going to do this one well, for some of us, it's going to take a little bit extra effort. Do you know there was a, a study done in the 1960s on uh, touch. And what they did was they looked at pairs of people in coffee shops all around the world and watched how often did two people touch one another in a 60-minute, you know, kind of, time they had together in a cafe. And this wasn't about romantic couples, just pairs of people, friends, you know, might have been family, not romantic relationships, just pairs of people. How often did they touch? The first one looked at was San Juan, Puerto Rico. Let's hear it for Puerto Rico, hey? What a country, you know? These people, you know how many times, and some of you, in one hour, 60-minute conversation, you know how many times they touched one another? A hundred, how much was the guess? 17, 70. 180 times, 60 minutes, 180 touches. That's three times a minute. That's, that's a lot of touching. I, I want you to know I'm not asking you to be Puerto Rican tomorrow, you know. <laughs> uh, we could all use a little bit more Puerto Rican in us, let's be honest. But uh, we're probably not going to get there this week. Three times a minute, you know, I mean, that's part of their culture. It's part of who they are. They're fast. They, they, they're really warm personalities. They just they touch a lot. You know, it's, it's an awesome thing. It's one of their gifts. Okay, we're not going to be Puerto Rican. Let's just, let's just be realistic, you know. Uh, we're not going to cook like them. We're not going to dance like them. We're probably not going to touch like them unless the Spirit of God should so uh, ordain it so. Um, France. Maybe France a little bit closer to home. You know, France what? 120. Nope, nope. They're dropping. You're right. But France, and Charlie, are you like Wikipediaing this back there? You're on your phone. You're on your phone. You're close. I just looked like it because you're like holding it there. Like there's no prize for this, just so you know. Uh, France was 110. Not far off though, Charlie. 110. So here's France. They're, they're not far off. They're close to twice a minute. The Fr- they're like, okay, well, well, the French, you know, they are kind of affectionate and all those things and very romantic, right? The, you know, French, you know, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're not going to become French people overnight either. Uh, that's distinctly possible. Uh, so let's try a little closer to home, just get a feel. You go over to the United States. I mean, the U.S., we can agree, is probably, we're, we're kind of cousins, right? 
you know, Australia, U.S. And, you know, I mean, they're a little bit kind of, you know, all huggy and excitable and everything like that. And everything's so good and rah, 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 whatever. They're Americans. So, you know, but, um, you know, they're, they're more similar to us. We like a lot of the same movies, you know. How many, U.S., how much do you think they touch? Twice. Twice. Whole hour. Two times. I, I don't know. Twice. Yeah, it, it, maybe a, a couple guys might have high-fived twice. These are averages. That kind of, you know, maybe a handshake. Twice in a whole hour. So if this, this is the, the, the U.S., you know, touch is just realistically when it comes to our culture. It's not. Now, I don't have numbers for Australia, uh, but... Uh, let's go a little bit close to home. We're, we're also, we're not the U.S. though either. I mean, but, you know, we, where do we, you know, of course, are. we're the children of England, right, in a sense, in Australia. I mean, the U.S. as well, but, you know, they're kind of mean children and, got, you know, but the bad children, whatever. Um, you know, in, in England, guess how many times in England, London Cafe, a pair of people in the cafe? That was negative. They actually touched less than zero. It was unbelievable. And London was less than zero. Someone yelled that out in the first, uh, earlier this morning, and that was right. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. You can't have less than, you have, wait a second, less than zero? How did they, they actually, they actually turned away from each other. They just kind of, this is nice. We're going to have a nice time. <laughs> Good conversation. Thank you for coming. No, so, zero, you know, this is, but this is the reality. This is where, this is kind of where we come from. This is our slice of the world. Some cultures, all about touch. Our, the, the, the kind of part of the world we swim in, not so much. Now, we may not be quite in those places, those zones, but I say all I'd say, and especially for men and for fathers, you know, here tonight, and for people who want to be good father figures, touch is a big deal. And we live in a culture that doesn't, it doesn't come naturally. And we've got to figure out how do we be men who write through life. This is not a guy and his toddler. This is a man on his deathbed with his 40-year-old son saying, come close and give me a kiss. And maybe even some of us think, well, you're sure. I'd love to have that kind of a moment on my deathbed. Well, I don't think it just happens when you wake up on your deathbed. This is about a relationship between fathers and sons. And, and I just think meaningful touch, we don't realize how big a deal this is. And if we want to be carriers of blessing, one of the ways we begin is by people being people who model appropriate and meaningful touch in this world. Do you know there's a study on touch? Uh, people who have even a slight, and, and, and I know we're not a tipping culture here in Australia, you know, but you've, a lot of you travel, been places where you tip your waiters or waitresses and things. Uh, they said waiters or waitresses who have even a passing contact with a person, might even be accidental, get tipped higher. That's how small and subtle this is, that it actually people begin to like other people more. There is just a, you know, and that is not in any kind of bad way. It's just there is something psychological. In nursing, they've shown uh, that there is a, a positive impact when nurses, uh, you know, use touch. People perceive that they're getting better treatment. They feel better about it. There is just something in us with touch. So all that to say, touch is a big deal. You can't be a, a carrier of distance. Now, second element. So meaningful touch, this is a part of being someone who carries blessing. The, the second element we see is that it comes with, blessing comes through a spoken message. Now this may seem like it needs to go without saying. We just read what Isaac said to his son. But I want you to realize something. Blessing comes and blessing is transferred when one person decides to articulate the value they see in another person. When you actually 
articulated. Isaac stops and he speaks a meaningful message of who his son is to him and how he values him. He articulates it. He doesn't just kind of go through life thinking, I'm sure he gets, you know, how much, you know, I like him. I'm sure he just gets it. I'm sure it's implied. He takes time to actually articulate a, a spoken message. And, and you know, do you know, I think one of the, the challenges we have, uh, uh, again, as well, particularly as men on this one, is we, we are, uh, you know, sometimes can think, well, I'm sure... We might think, oh, I'm sure my children understand that, that I love them, I provide for them, I work harder, I do this, that. You know what? There is no substitute for articulating how you value another person. And, and, and it's not something, you know, uh, if we're going to be people who are, are carriers of blessing, um, you know, we actually have to be willing to speak those messages. There's no, you know, even in today's world, we got a lot of technology. We've got all kinds of ways to communicate. Uh, I don't think this is one we can, like, emoji to one another. You know, you cannot. It must be spoken. You know, you can't do, like, triple fist bump, double high five. You know, just <laughs> blessing right there, right through my phone. You know, Ble- you know. This is about actually putting into words your values. Spoken words. They, they matter uh, a lot. Uh, you know, we, we can end up uh, often in that space as men, you know, the, the kind of old stereotypical joke of, of a man who's with his wife who's been married a long time, and his wife is like, you know, you don't ever tell me that you love me. And he's like, well, I, I told you on our wedding day, and if it changes, I'll let you know. You know, that's, that's the kind of the, the joke and the stereotype because we sometimes feel, like, you know, well, I, we're just, I'm just not a words guy. Just don't say it. Guess what? It may not be our natural inclination. It may not be the way of culture for men to express how they feel, but in the kingdom, to be a carrier of blessing, we're to be people who speak messages and words of blessing. So he's first to meaningful touch and a spoken message. These are about like the container. This is what blessing travels through. This is where it comes from. Uh, and now the last two elements we're going to look at are a bit of what goes into the blessing. And, and the next thing we see that's kind of in the blessing is that that spoken message isn't just any spoken message. It isn't just when we say, hey, good job on this or good job on that. This is actually a spoken message that is there to assure someone of their value. It's about assuring them of their value. Do you know when he speaks to him, he says, his great words in the beginning, ah, the smell of my son. There's a lot of ways that sentence could finish, you know. <laughs> Try it this week. Every night at dinner, just... Ah, if you've got a son or, or you can use daughter, if you do have a child, ah, the smell of, <laughs> see what pops in your head. Um, what he says is the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord is blessed. And, and, and I know for us, again, in, in our culture, uh, we, we might not be thinking like, yeah, that, what a, what a lovely thing to say. If you've got a 17-year-old daughter, this may not be the way to bless them, you know, oh, just... My daughter, you smell. I was outside. I was in a field. I could smell the dirt and mud and the grain. And I thought, this is like my daughter. You know, I think that may not, that may not bless her. But what it is, is this, how do you speak a message that values them for who they are? And in their culture, when they lived off the land and and a freshly watered field meant life, meant abundance, meant goodness, and he's speaking of a son here, actually, and it's all kind of mixed up because the one's tricked him, but of a son who loved the outdoors and, and what he was all about. And he's just valuing him. 
And, and I love that because, again, this isn't, uh, this isn't about valuing for what he could do. It's just valuing him for who he is. And so to speak blessing is to look at the, the people around us in our relationships and look and say, how do we actually assure them of value? You know, some of you don't even have uh, kids yet, and, and, and maybe at some point you will in your lives. But you know what? Every one of us has an opportunity. I think whoever is younger than you, anyone who's younger than you in life, you have a unique capacity to assure them of their value. You have a unique value to actually communicate blessing to anyone who is younger than you. I think your, your age is probably your ceiling on who you can truly pass blessing on to. I can probably pass blessing on to people who are 37 and younger well because I've been through those stages. I think blessing, the way it kind of works is, you know, what stage of life you're at, you have a unique capacity to pass blessing on to those who are younger than you. I think it's one of the reasons we need, you know, people throughout our church. If we're going to be a church family, we need a constant and ever-present supply of people looking to bless those who are just a little bit further down the track. And whether it's getting involved in a youth ministry and blessing teenagers, whether it's getting involved in the children's ministry and blessing our children, uh, every one of us has got so many ways and so many places where we can actually assure people of their value. So it's about assuring people their value. And the the last thing uh, that you see, it's not just assuring a value, but what he does here is he, he paints a picture of a bright and glorious future for him. This again, this is a father on his deathbed speaking to his 40-year-old son. And he is going to speak this, he's going to help picture a glorious future for him. He says to him, may God give you of these things. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you, peoples bow down to you, be Lord over your brothers. You know, all these things are picturing like this incredible future for his son. That one day you're going to be the kind of guy who, you know what, people, you know, bow to you. And again, remember what we learned? This isn't just bowing like, wow, you just dominate them. But they, they honor you. They think you're a valuable person. You're a person of stature. You're going to be a person uh, who has, you know, may you have the things that come, you know, heaven's dew and the earth's richness. May good things come your way. And he's helping him picture this just bright and glorious future. This is the life I see for you is what Isaac is saying to his son. Picturing a, a glorious future, the reason this is such a big part of what blessing is, is because when you give this gift to help a person picture a bright, glorious, full of light, full of opportunity future for their life, you give them an incredible gift. You give them an incredible gift. And, and, and it, 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 that, that picture of the future if you can help them see it and lodge it in their hearts, that becomes like an anchor that can, can hold them through any storm. I love one of the pictures they give in the book, and they, they, they talk about these mountain climbers, and there was about four of them, and they were climbing, they were summiting a mountain. It wasn't Everest or anything, but it was a significant mountain, and they were headed towards a particular kind of uh, base camp where there was kind of a hotel, hostel uh, kind of thing where they were going to stay that night. Uh, but as they're climbing and traveling and making their way around it, you know, it started getting a bit, uh, a bit blowy and a bit foggy and, uh, and I think a little bit snowy. And, and it was daytime, but it was starting to get darker and darker. And so they're having a harder time seeing. And all of a sudden, it's not as easy to figure out which ways, you know, north and, and south and east and west and which way to go and which way was that. It's getting all more challenging and difficult. But the guy who runs the, the hostel 
realizes it's getting darker, and so he, he goes and puts the light on outside of the home because he knows they're on their way. And so at some point, they begin to see out in that distance this dim light. And with that light way off in the distance and dim, so dim they could barely see it, but it was enough. It was enough to guide them and help them navigate the storm and figure out where to go. Do you know a picture of the future, a bright and glorious future, is sometimes it becomes like this little light out in the distance. That no matter what kind of storms and difficulty you're traveling through at the time, if you know it's out there, you can navigate the present. And, and, and so to, to help, and this one I think, it has value in the lives of young people. Uh, you know, for a, a young person growing up from primary school and coming to high school, to make that transition already convinced that there is a bright and glorious future out there for me, there's going to be a bunch of storms that come in there. But if, if you've got kind of these eyes locked on this point out in the distance, it helps you navigate all that. And we have an opportunity to help anchor that in our Kids and in our young people as a church, if we are people who speak blessing to one another, and there's people in your life that you can help them picture, and they can't see it yet, but you can help them picture it. I think, again, we've got, you know, so many people in our church with, with white hair and, and, and no hair and gray hair who've been through all kinds of seasons in life. And it's not just about young kids, but imagine speaking those words of blessing uh, as a person who's gone through all the seasons of life and you're in the final, you know, seasons of your life and knowing there are people who are in those middle seasons of their life and, and the challenges they've got, you've already navigated and you can help them picture the other side of those challenges. That's blessing. That's blessing. And I think, again, whatever stage you're at, you've got a capacity to help someone who's further behind picture a bright and glorious future. This is blessing. Wouldn't it be an amazing thing to be a whole community of people who are constantly uh, looking for opportunities to bring blessing into our world? And isn't it amazing that here's this gift that we can give, this gift that is so powerful. One brother will steal and lie to try and get it. One is devastated because he missed it. It is the gift that is a gift that is so powerful. It can literally change the direction of a life. And in order to be a person who gives it, you don't have to add another slot in your calendar. You don't have to sign up to do something else. It doesn't matter what your what hours you work. It doesn't matter uh, you know, all, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, it's a gift that every one of us, the only thing we need is intentionality, is to make the choice to say, I'm going to be a giver of blessing. And we don't make up things and just look for things and, and, and just to try and uh, do it because, well, that's a good thing. No, we, but with authenticity and with eyes wide open to say, Lord, who could I give blessing to today? We see those moments. We see those moments where someone needs someone to come along, and they've had a lot of things said to them that were not blessing, and they've had all kinds of words come into their life that, that were not bringing blessing at all, and, and God puts you into a moment and opportunity where you've got a chance to give life. The Bible says that, you know, the tongue holds the power of life and death. We do not realize how powerful our words are. And when we choose to be givers of blessing, we, we manifest God's kingdom to this world. And we help people step into the life he has for them. So I want to encourage you, whatever, whatever your age or stage of life, if you are someone who, who, as we sang about earlier, you know, God has put his life in you. All it takes is a little intentionality and a little bit of courage 
and you can be someone who is a giver and give generously of blessing.